Welcome back to Comic Misfits, a podcast that bridges the gap between the super comic book fan and the ones just getting started in the fandom. This is not our original music, and you read the title, so you know this is not a regular show. I got Aiden with me today. Aiden, what are we doing today? We are going to New Asgard to review Thor Love and Thunder. That's right. We are reviewing Thor Love and Thunder. And I know that we talked about last episode that we're not going to do reviews, but this is a special episode because we're still going to do two episodes this month. Uh, This is the review episode of the movie. And then we're still going to have a regular comic book review episode come out later this month. So it's a two for one month. So that's a win. Yeah, it's a it's a good deal. It's a good deal. I, I, at least I think so. Yeah, two for one special. Yeah. It's a two for one special, man. Yeah. <laughs> you get a good book review, and then you get a review proving Martin Scorsese was right when he said what he said like three years ago. Listen, let's just get to, <laughs> let's just jump right in um, to this Thor Love and Thunder review. As always. There will be spoilers in this show, so don't complain. I'm aware the movie just came out, but if you clicked on it and it literally says spoiler review, it means that you understand that you're going to be spoiled, right? Yeah, I mean, we're not screen rant, so like this is the spoiler warning, guys. Yeah, I'm telling you right now. Like, you, you should have seen it at 3 a.m., guys. Yeah, yeah, if you would have seen it like right as it came out, how could you not see it? But to be fair, the ones that wanted to see it saw big it. Fan. The big fans already saw it, and so they're already like devouring the internet for content about the show, the movie. So I get it. So I get it. So if you have seen the movie, continue on this journey with us. If you have not seen the movie and you don't want to get it spoiled, stop here and go watch it and then come back. Or don't. But come back. Let's jump right in. Thor Love and Thunder. Directed by, I can't pronounce his name, Aiden, so who's the director by? Taika Waititi. The guy that asked Natalie Portman if she wanted to be in his Star Wars films when he realized, when she's already been in three. But yeah, I, 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 guarantee, I, I feel like that was a joke. That had to be a joke, right, Aiden? Like, tell me tell me that was a joke. Probably a joke. Because, like, if that wasn't a joke. I hope it's a joke. I can't tell if it's a joke. That's... <laughs> And people are like, oh, no, man, it's I'm a joke. I'm really like, no. hoping it's a joke. I'm like, I don't know if it is or not. Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm confused. But anyways, Taika Waititi directed. 50-50. 50-50. Taika Waititi directed. The, this is the second Thor movie he's directed, right? Yeah. And. The second second Marvel movie. And hot take alert, it was his worst one. Pom, 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 pom. I'm just being, it's, yeah, it was it was okay. It was okay. I'm just being real. So let's just jump right in. Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, first thoughts on the movie. Um, Christian Bale is just solidified how amazing of an actor he is, and he is like a once in a generation actor. Like he's the best actor I have seen. And I'm not just saying that because he is Batman. I liked him before Batman, you know, like American Psycho. And after Batman, in um, American Hustlers, I believe he was in the Dick Cheney movie that he was like yeah. he has the, the boy has range, like he can go from from like a skinny drug addict to Batman, and so he's my favorite actor. 
And 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 I loved Christian Bale in this film. He the movie starts right off with like setting that like kind of what what I, what, I, what what I worry about Marvel movies nowadays is because they have so many so many characters out there, right? And that they don't have enough time to explain who they are, which is one of the reasons I wasn't a big fan of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. They just added a bunch of people and they didn't really explain who they were. This one at least takes time to give a backstory to Gore, right? His, his name is Gore, Gore, the God Butcher. His name is Gore. Yeah, not Gru or, 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 or whatever. <laughs> Anyways. Minions, the rise of Gore. You know <laughs> what I mean? So it kind of gives you a, a prelogue, right? Or a pre thing with. It's a prologue. A prologue. That's a prologue. the word. That's the word. I don't know. It's, it's a P word. Um, yeah, it, it gives you a prologue of Gore and why he became who he is, which I really appreciated because for, as someone that has not ever read any Thor, I have no idea who Gore is. And I'm like, oh, okay, he kills gods, but 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 why? Like, give me a reason, my guy. And, and they did, which I thought was really well done. But then we jump into the actual movie. First, we we get this scene that like I'm expecting the like throat singing from Dune to start playing. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I thought we watched I, it together. And my dad was there, and he's like, he's like, Dune? hey, is this Dune? I literally thought I was gonna see Paul come out, like <laughs> ask for something. I was so confused, but it it was really well done though. That, but 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 that's the thing. the The prologue was yeah. really well done. No, that was it was good. It gave you an actual backstory, actual motivation, and it just explained a lot of what was happening in the film like why this character is there because usually yeah. marvel does marvel doesn't really do that to their fans they just like throw people in for service but this guy was actually given a backstory which i really really appreciate it at the end of the day yeah hold on we just got some serious news breaking news on the podcast live on air okay. christian bale has just been rushed to the hospital for back surgery from carrying this movie <laughs> He, like you just said, he was the best part of this movie. But at the same time, this was a total waste of his talent. Such a, a waste. stupid little of one-off f- villain that dies at the end. Such now, a waste. I know of the, vil- the villain's going to die at the end. Obviously. They don't have like, to, though. He just. They don't have to. He could just disappear. Like, woo-hoo. Like, he's locked away somewhere or something. Yeah. Um. It just, it feels wasted. Um, and it's cool that he got his own little character development and all that. Yeah. But like, he could have used a lot more screen time. He was only in it for like 10 minutes, maybe. Well, and his so, scenes were like the best part of the movie. Yeah. So, like, he wasn't the best MCU villain ever, right? I'm not going to say he was the best, but yeah. he was, he was pretty good. Right. He was pretty good. Um, and, and he had a good, like, motive. His motive made sense. His motive uh, was obviously because, so I, I, from, from the prologue, I understood, is, is he, he was praying to his God to save his daughter that was sick. His daughter end up, ends up dying, and, like, he lives, and then he finds this oasis and runs into his god. And it's like, oh, you're here to save us. Oh, you're here to save us. And the guy's like, nah, dude. And then there's like a sword that kills gods there. 
and like yeah. he uses it and kills him, and then he becomes like infected with the disease or whatever. Now he is cursed to live throughout eternity, just killing gods. So, from what I understand, I did a little research, and um, apparently, in the comic books, the Necro Sword is actually connected to Venom. Huh. Okay. Because it's wielded by the the like king of the symbiotes. Oh. But obviously, they can't use that in here. So that's that was a name, the Necro Sword. I was like, that's a weird name, Necro Sword. <laughs> I but so I get the, like I understand his motive. Okay, it's a very it's a very played out motive in in the world that we live in. Okay, and and the problem I have with the movie, one of the problems I have with the movie, was that I don't think it knew what it was, what it was. I don't think the movie understood the assignment. Because was it a comedy or was it a movie or like an action or not, not an action, like a comedy or like a serious film? Because every time Gore was on screen, it was a serious moment, right? But every time he was on screen, he was overshadowed by a stupid joke, a joke that didn't need to be there. And, and it took his very relatable and serious stake undermined by the tone of the film. The film, like, I think it was trying to replicate Thor Ragnarok. And it didn't do a good job at it. It's, um, I mean, it's kind of one thing I don't really like about Thor Ragnarok, which I, I love that movie. That's in my top five favorite MCU movies. Um, it, it feels too much like they were trying to copy Guardians of the Galaxy with all the colors, the comedy, yeah, um, and the like classic rock soundtrack, you know? And like yeah. with Ragnarok, it was fine because compared to the other two Thor movies, it's like a million times better. Uh-huh. So it's not that big of a deal. And it works for Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Just like a deconstruction of Thor. Right. And he's like, like take away everything. He's he's just he's a little pathetic, right? Yeah. But I mean, here it just also feels like it's copying Guardians of the Galaxy, and it doesn't work as well. I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy are in it for like ten minutes, and like, yeah, it works for the Guardians of the Galaxy scenes. But besides that, yeah. Well, I don't know. Here's one of the um, things too that I I, I I didn't really like, and I was I couldn't really fi- I couldn't pinpoint it last night when we were talking about it. But like, every Thor movie is the same, dude. Like the plot line of every movie is the same. Okay, ready for this? Thor is finding himself. He is desperate to find his purpose. And he's always feeling lost and unsure of where his future is. That's the plot of Thor 1, Thor The Dark World, Thor Ragnarok, and Thor Love and Thunder. It's the exact same storyline, which, I mean, I get, right? The character has the same problems. But he, it felt like to me that Thor was the butt of all the jokes in his own film. It felt like he was just there for comic relief. Uh, the real Thor was 
Jane Foster, the Mighty Thor, which, by the way, she did a great job. I love Molnir, the way like it, exp- it expands from all the broken pieces. I thought that was really that cool. That was cool. I thought that, that was super cool. cool. It feels like to me that they... It was kind of like, to me, it felt like a bait and switch until the end where she dies. Because to me, I thought I was... Yeah. Go- to me, until she died, which, I mean, you knew she was going to die halfway, like three quarters of the way in, right? But before that, I'm sitting there, I'm like, is this like... Are they are they telling us this is a Thor movie, but it's actually a mighty Thor movie, and now Thor's gonna die, and she's gonna take over? Because like I was really frustrated. That's kind of what I was expecting. Because a big problem I have with this movie is it feels very pointless. Oh, hundred um, percent. There's no terms, point to it. As its own movie, like it's it's a it's doesn't really work as a standalone movie because you need to see the other ones to kind of understand what's going on. No matter how yeah, hard, but, I, but, that, but that's the fourth. Trying mo- to like explain it, or like how many Melissa McCarthy's show up trying to retell the story of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, but that's which a, was but, another uh, great part of the movie. Yeah. Oh, that was Melissa McCarthy. That's right. But that, in but, the grand scheme, yeah. In the grand scheme of the MCU, this movie serves no purpose except to show how the Guardians of the Galaxy dump Thor, so they don't have to pay millions of dollars to get Chris Hemsworth to show up in the Guardians holiday special. The problem I have, another problem I have with this film is that it it doesn't work even as part of the of the four movies because right. I, I don't know like an issue an issue that I have with the MCU is that you need to watch every single MCU film to follow along the MCU, right? So if I just wanted to see all the Thor films, right, all the four of them. I would be lost by the third one because I don't know what the heck Hulk is doing there. I don't know what the heck is going on. And then by the fourth one, I'm like, wait, you're with the guardians of the, who, what is going on? So it's, and that's the good thing about Marvel, but that to me is also the bad thing about Marvel. It's just, it's all connected. And sometimes as we've seen in other films, not going to drop any names. It doesn't need to be connected to be good. Just because it's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it doesn't make it the greatest film ever. You know your film is bad when you have a lower Rotten Tomato scores and Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel is the garbage of films. And it has a higher Rotten Tomato score than Thor: Love and Thunder. And I get it, people. Let that sink in, everybody. I get it. People are gonna say, "Oh, it's just you no, know, Pedro and Aiden and the comic messments. They just they just really like DC and they really hate Marvel." No, I I just think Marvel lost. I think Marvel has lost its like momentum. I think ever since Endgame. It's been over to me when in, like Marvel was building this, built this beautiful universe, right? And for better or for worse, from Iron Man one to Avengers Endgame, it was a beautifully, perfectly together story, right? What happens after Endgame? It becomes a hosh posh of movies, it, it, like. You make a Black Widow film that should have come out like four or five years ago. You know, 
you don't it doesn't it's not working anymore i i think the i think the marvel secret the marvel like whatever it's called the marvel whatever is done i think they i think they need to stop and focus on single films you know phase four the two best things to come out of phase four okay for me you can tell me something else the two best things the best my favorite piece of marvel property in phase four was moon knight phenomenal you know why it was great it did not connect to the rest of the mcu and then the other one i liked was shan chi because that was just really fun very good film but but moon knight the second i saw moon knight i was like yo this is awesome one it's pretty much batman two it's egyptian mythology which i'm all here for three it had nothing to do with the mcu there was no cameos there was nothing that connected to the mcu so an average person or let's put it this way kim can w- watched it and loved it why because she, she didn't have to go oh wait but who is this guy or why is this person here or what's going like it was just a single move show about one guy or no, three guys one guy and and that was it that's why it worked but then you got like one division and you got falcon winter soldier you got loki you got hawkeye you got you got the zoe 101 spinoff miss marvel it's like it doesn't work, man. Like you just you just gotta stop. I mean, you're you're definitely right. It feels like there's no sense of direction. And now it's basically just a game of okay, we failed to beat Avatar once. How can we beat it again? So it's just I don't know where they're going. I don't know the point of anything anymore. I wish they would have just started making solo films that didn't necessarily connect. Like they're all part of the same universe. Yeah. But they don't depend on other movies. Exactly. That's why I'm mad about Ant-Man because my favorite director, Edgar Wright was supposed to direct Ant-Man and he had to leave the project because Kevin Feige wouldn't let him do a standalone story. Like it's still connected to the bigger picture. And that's the thing. But like not reference anything. Yeah, that's a, there's no creative I, I, freedom. I don't mind. I don't mind unless, being a connected. Like, like I don't mind being a connected. So like I don't mind. You know, Hawkeye was good, right? I, I I didn't mind. You know, the talk about the blip and all that stuff. I don't mind that. It's part of the universe that we're, that we're in, right? Yeah. But I mind when the show is heavily influenced by other characters that aren't the main characters, and so. Not saying that Thor Love and Thunder, which is what we're supposed to be talking about. I'm not saying Thor Love and Thunder did that. All I'm saying is Thor Love and Thunder felt like it had no purpose at all. And that comes to the point of because Marvel creates everything in one beautiful line, it didn't it didn't really fit the Marvel mold because it didn't really introduce new characters. Like, here's the thing. If they kept Gore, right, if he didn't die. If Jane didn't die, right, they could have kept it going, which would have introduced the characters, not have been a fine, the movie would have been there to introduce new characters to the film. But if your only reason for having Thor, Love, and Thunder is to A, show the Guardians dropping off Thor, B, showing Thor lose weight, and C, 
introduce Hercules to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You could have done that without a movie, which is what which was the right. same the pro, the same problem the Eternals had. Like they had no point. There was nothing to do in that. Like the, the Eternals was silly, but they introduced by voice. They introduced Blade. But did you really need a whole movie for an end credit scene to introduce a guy that no one understands who he is unless like you're a diehard fan? I don't no. think so. I don't think so. Or at least if you're going to do that, don't make it like two hours and 45 minutes of nothing. <laughs> but So how long was Thor? No, like, as I was saying, Thor was just under two hours. Dude, it felt like forever. Ever when I told you like man I want my three hours back like dude it was less than two hours I'm like no it was it's like an hour and fifty eight minutes or something dude, it was like just under two hours with credits excruciating two hours personally. but like I was saying before we started talking about Marvel in the big picture there's really no point in this movie um, I thought they were gonna bring in Jane Foster and. It was yeah. kind of going to be a passing of the torch mm-hmm. and like Natalie Portman was going to continue on, even though she shouldn't have been in this movie to begin with. Cause she complained about Marvel. When was it? I think it was after dark world came out and then she just dropped out. She's like, Oh, my star Wars money's gone. Can I come back? It's <laughs> just, it felt like she was here. Cause she was out of I, cash or and something. And I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't to like kill her off at the end. Like, yeah. And I didn't like, like what the, are you doing? You're just sending Thor back to square one. He's right. going to do the same thing, thing again. He's going to do the same thing. But that's the thing. Whatever he shows up in. Yeah. And it's, and to me, like it wasn't believable. Like the reasoning they gave for, for Jane not to be in Thor Ragnarok. Right. was so silly. And it didn't really make sense with, with in the timeline. Cause can you really imagine Thor, the God of thunder, living a regular life in a house like it doesn't it just doesn't fly at least to me i'm like this isn't believable enough for me that they were just in this great loving relationship and then it just suddenly stopped because you didn't really explain it in any of the other films like the other films ragnarok she's just not there it, it was just weird i think I thought her character was great. Like, I don't mind her. I didn't mind Natalie Portman's character being in the film. I thought that she was also a strong point of the film, having her there. Um, her costume was awesome. Uh, Mjolnir was fantastic. Um, I just, at the beginning, I thought that Mjolnir would have cured her. But we find out it's not curing her. It's just giving her extra strength. And then she's actually dying quicker. Which I thought was kind of silly because I don't didn't re- it didn't really explain why you know like a lot of people I was reading a lot of yeah. I was reading it's a lot just of like it was just a one line like yeah it it's killing you yeah a no. lot of people a lot of people were complaining online that oh I don't understand why Mjolnir called to to, to Jane I understood that I don't know if you did did, did you catch that. Mm. I don't think I did. So, so when Thor and 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 Jane were just having their like relationship life, um, Thor spoke to Mjolnir and said, "Hey, you protect her at any cost. Like, whatever she needs help, protect her." 
And, oh. and then and then it said even in some in some and some things are even more the magic and then Mjolnir like shine and stuff. So that was when Mjolnir said, "Okay, if Jane ever needs it, I'm gonna help her." So that's why Mjolnir like called to Jane and gave her and made her worthy. So people were complaining like, "Oh, that's so selfish. It's stupid." I'm like, "No, it's not. It makes sense." Like that. At least that explained. Like they explained it. The whole yeah. the whole Mjolnir killing her didn't really explain much except for maybe she's a human. I'm going for. I'm assuming she's a human and she can't handle the power of a god. Which maybe that could have been it. I just enjoy, I enjoy the character. Um, Valkyrie was good, right? I, I didn't mind her. I thought she was good in the film as yeah. well. I'm just trying to think of good things because I, I think you're missing the best part of the movie was Russell Crowe as as I think he was Greek. Zeus? What was that accent? I don't know what that was. Fat Zeus yeah, was was, Zeus. was a home mood. <laughs> Fat Zeus with the with the with the muscle oh armor with the muscle armor was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was pretty fun. No, I thought that was pretty uh, funny. I thought that that whole the whole God City was kind of cool because it's like now there's like in the comics there's all these different mythologies going on at the same time. Yeah, but like seeing them all in one spot was kind of cool. I was surprised they didn't show any of the, the gods from Moon Knight, the like in the guys? background at, at all. Yeah. Well, no, they they mentioned yeah. Ra, but I I was thinking they'd have like they'd be somewhere like in a little like oh, oh they're there. Oh uh, yeah, maybe they were. We uh, just didn't see it. It was the first time watching it, which first and last yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say <laughs> maybe uh, they were. I didn't that, see it though. That whole sequence was really cool, um, with them fighting the. Uh, Gold statue people. They weren't so, gold statue people. That's just their I blood. I liked about this movie. That that wasn't gold statue, bro. I, I, I don't know what they are. They they're they look they like statues. They're they're, they're I, I'm assuming they're supposed to be quote unquote angels or something. And gods bleed gold. Did you not notice in the beginning when Gore killed the his his one god? I noticed. I yeah, noticed. So he wasn't gold person. It's just I noticed. I guess the deity blood is gold. I was just saying they look like a statue. I call them a statue thing. They could be people. They could not be. I don't know. Are you just assuming who they that are? That scene was pretty cool. Uh, maybe. <laughs> so one thing I, I kind of liked about this movie is um, it's also a like and dislike is um, not only is there gore, the God Butcher, there is some monster gore, which I'm, I'm surprised they're kind of upping the violence with Marvel. Um kind of pushing that PG-13 because yeah. there's that scene in New Asgard where we first see Gore interact with Thor and they're fighting all the monsters and the monsters are like getting cut up and stuff. Yeah, the shot, yeah, the shot like They showed a lot of stuff. Yeah, they they showed a lot of like blood and stuff and I was like, whoa, that's kind of weird but also kind of cool. But the uh, but the and way they the way they get around scene it. Where they're just covered in the golden blood. Yeah. Well, I know that the rating thing is like apparently you can't show all that stuff in a PG thirteen if it's like human characters. Yeah. Aliens, they don't care because they're exactly. not real. Exactly. Yeah. So they get away with that. But um no, it was kind of cool. It was bloody, but like also at the same time, you're telling me Thor gets hit that many times and doesn't bleed. Nobody besides the monsters or whatever in this movie bleeds. It's really stupid. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. 
I did. I thought it was interesting. Like, he he never a, took not damage. Not even battle damage. Like, yeah. no battle damage. No scars, no cuts, nothing. Jane got more battle damage than he like, did. Did you forget to... Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you forget to animate that, Marvel? Probably. You guys animate everything else. Probably. But, um, yeah. Now, time for my favorite segment. The art is good. Um... No, the art is not that good in this movie, everybody. <laughs> the, uh, the special effects are... The special effects are okay. Um, the CGI on the monsters and stuff was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, like, it, it looked nice for the most part. Um, that scene in Omnipotent City was yeah, kind I think of it was... a clever play on words. So I'll give Taika Waititi that. Yeah, it was a good name. The whole, um, the whole city... It, the animation for that was fine. Um, they this was the first Marvel movie to try to use the LED volume, which is um, for those of you who don't know, it's what they shot. It's what Greg Fraser shot Mandalorian and the Batman on. It's the soundstage in, I think it's in LA, and it is wall. It's this giant like circle room, and wall to ceiling is LED panels. So they go in and they create all the digital environments. And then what you can do is you can throw it onto the LED screens. So when you're shooting it, it looks like the characters are actually there. It's like green screen, but cooler. Right? Yeah. So Mandalorian, 90% of the environments in that show are all just LED screens. Yeah. But you can't really tell because it, it just looks great. And that's why, like in Mandalorian, you can see um, all the environment reflections on Mando's helmet. They didn't need to add that in post. That's already there because oh, that's, that's all cool. around him. That's cool. And that's pretty cool. The Batman used it a lot. Um, we all like know my feelings on that The Batmobile chase scene. <laughs> we all know my feelings. The Batmobile chase scene Greatest was a mix of actual car chase. If you, if you guys get the Blu-ray, which you should have. Watch the hour-long behind-the-scenes documentary on the Blu-ray where they show how they filmed the Batmobile chase scene, which I'm not going to get into it because this is not a, a Batman review. So then Marvel's trying to use it now to like do less green screens, and it's, yeah. it's kind of cheating in a way. But it doesn't look good. <laughs> it looks like really bad green screen. Does it? From the average moviegoer like me. I'm the average moviegoer, right? I didn't really see much of that, right? But I, w I was reading last night a couple of reviews and a couple of stuff, and a lot of the people were saying, yeah, it wasn't good. Characters were walking towards the camera, uh, shot from, um, to dis uh, they were shot to disguise the fact that they were being filmed on a soundstage. I couldn't tell any of that because I'm the average moviegoer. But you, you this is your realm. So, like, did that actually happen? Like, did it actually look bad, or 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 are we just being super picky no, on what's there, like? There were scenes. No, there there were scenes that were like genuinely kind of bad. Like what? Like which scenes in um, specific? Because I can't. I, mean, I, I couldn't. I couldn't pinpoint them. That's why. The scene with, or it's on the first planet in the movie mm -hmm. with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Um. Right as they're getting on the ship, I believe that was shot on the circle. I think. Confirmed that was shot on the yeah. volume. The lighting is very inconsistent. Mm. And lighting's not an area I'm like super good with. But like I can tell when something's not lit right. Yeah. Like when there should have been shadows, there was just light. It, it did it. not. 
feel natural. It felt like he was kind of green screened in, even though it wasn't a green screen. Mm, and okay. from again, not a lighting professional here. If you have a problem at borderline odd on Twitter, I'll, I'll, I'll talk with you. Um, when they did like Mandalorian and Batman, they were still using like studio lights to match the lighting of the environment. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they did that here. There are several times where they, it looks like they use the volume and the lighting is just inconsistent. Mm, Okay. That makes sense. It was, it was really weird. And like, I don't know if I was just tripping out because the movie kind of dragged a little bit, mm-hmm. but that scene in Omnipotent City with Zeus and Thor, it looked like it just got random like shadows. Maybe, yeah, I didn't I, notice that. I was gonna say I'll watch it again to double check, but I, I'm not watching that movie again. No, I don't watch it's it. The one and done. Um, no, just some of the lighting wasn't good. The CGI was okay. Um, yeah, I couldn't really tell much Marvel's of the difference. Yeah, I couldn't tell a lot of the difference. Like that's that kind of yeah. stuff is really not my my forte, so I couldn't really um, um, critique it. But I did read a lot of people complaining about it, saying that the soundstage was bad, like some yeah. of the character, like it just didn't work. Which which again blew my mind because you'd think that, however many years in, Marvel would get it right, you know. But 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 it's they haven't because yeah. it's their first time. And like it. the volume. The volume is such a cool tool, and I'm excited to see how they use it in the future. But you got to learn how to use it properly. And Marvel didn't do that here. It's just like new technology. Let's use money. it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're telling me, not to make this a whole Marvel versus DC thing, but you're telling me that DC movies have consistently better CGI, even if the movies are trash. Like the CGI is amazing. Like watching the Black Adam trailer yesterday. Man. Holy cow, those special effects look incredible. That movie looks sensational. Like the whole Doctor Fate thing, like when he's doing his magic, that looks awesome. Yeah. And you're telling me the movie studio with some of the highest grossing movies of all time can't afford to put more time and money into special effects? Can I be honest? Can I be honest for a second? And people are going to probably cancel me for this. Yeah. It's because their fan base doesn't care. Their fan base just wants flashy things. They just want to see the, new, the, the, the latest cameo. Yeah. They just want to see the funny scene. That's why I was talking to someone yesterday on, on Twitter, and they posted a meme that said, like, oh, just so you're aware, like, Thor Love and Thunder is a comedy. Don't go into it expecting anything more. And I'm like, listen, that's fine. That's fine. If you if you think it's a comedy, that's fine. But don't make a villain so relatable to real life issues like gore and and then expect it to be a comedy. Like gore is not a funny character. Like he's a serious character. The biggest problem I have with all these Marvel films, not the shows, the films is that they try to be funny all the time. And so when they put an actual villain that actually is real to people some people kind of feel like him and i i understand that right and so you put that guy in there but you're making light of everything and it's everything's a joke like in the final battle scene you're battling this the you're battling the god butcher and then jane comes in and throws a couple of jokes in there and it's funny 
you know it, it, it just i was never so super invested in any of the fight scenes because they were all just funny like the like the fight scene in, in new asgard right i thought it was really cool until thor gets there and he becomes the the butt of the jokes he like he, it's just stupid it's stupid male sex jokes oh. like he gets in there he goes, oh i'm thor and then he puts his helmet on and then he makes his helmet bigger like it's stupid jokes that make people laugh. This is why I don't like the film. <laughs> this is why I rather sit for three hours and watch the Batman or Justice League's uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League than watch Thor: Love and Thunder. It's I don't. I know I'm gonna get flagged for it. I'm, I just know it, and it's fine. I just don't. I don't mind a movie being funny, but if the movie's funny. Don't make half of it serious. And if it's serious, don't make half of it funny. So Shang-Chi wasn't f- serious. It was just a fun film. You know, it had, it had some real life stuff there too, but it wasn't like as a serious, the villain wasn't as serious as gore, right? It, it's just, it just doesn't, I feel like sometimes they forget what they're doing and then just go, oh yeah, sex joke in there. You know, make your helmet bigger because, you know, Let's compare sizes. It's yeah. stupid. You can have the best of both worlds. You can have that contrast. You can have the comedy, and you can have like serious moments, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, not, not to show my bias for James Gunn, but look at Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. They're both comedies. Yeah. But they have serious, heartwarming moments. Yes, but what's the and difference? He manages to balance those out. He well, knows the time to be funny, exactly. and he knows the time to be serious. Bingo. the The problem and is James Gunn's actually a competent director. That's the problem. The problem is you need to. It's like in real life, right? You can't be funny all the time. You have to like read the room. You have to know when it's when to be funny, when not to be funny. You're not going to make a crack. You're not going to crack a joke at a funeral, right? You're not going to crack it. So. It felt like they didn't understand when to not make a joke. I think they're like, oh, we don't know what we're doing. Let's make a joke. That's what it felt like to me. Though I wouldn't have a problem. Like, the film would have been a lot better if in the serious, heartfelt moments of this film, there, it wasn't joking. So, for example, at the end of the film, right, Gore is, goes to the center of the universe, whatever it's called, and I guess he can get one wish for whatever. And his wish was to bring his daughter back, right? Which heartfelt. I'm sure if you're a dad and you watch that, like probably pulled at your heartstrings. Right as he's doing that, Jane is like, I finally figured out my catchphrase. And she whispers it to Thor and they start laughing. It, it doesn't go with like, read the room, man. Like it's not the time. That, that that's you know, my problem. Think, that's my problem with the film. I think I've, I think I pinpointed my problem with the film, and that's it. <laughs> I think last night, like every time I've gone to a Marvel movie opening night, everybody's laughing at like every little joke. Yep. Nobody was really laughing except for like those three dudes in the back last night. Yeah, like it's just some of the comedy wasn't that funny. It and wasn't again, that. It, gotta, it like, wasn't that funny. I think I think he hit the nail on the head. It just wasn't that funny. Um, but Marvel, like, there was a full-on Gore the God Butcher dance number that they cut from the movie. Good, 
I don't know if you knew that. No, but good. But when it comes to Love and Thunder, it's like, listen, make it. And I get it. People are gonna go, oh Pedro, you're just like dark stuff. Like, no, I don't. I actually like happy stuff. But you're not gonna you're not gonna get me with 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 half happy, half funny, or half serious just because you can. So that to me was my biggest issue with this film. But all that to say, can you go see the film and have a good time? I guess if you do what the meme says and shut off your brain, yeah, you can do that. The meme's like, oh, just go in for, for some laughs and just turn off your brain. Yeah, if I want to just go and turn off my brain, sure. But I'm, I'm, I don't shut off my brain. I, that's not how I roll. I'm always thinking. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. This is silly. That's it. You know, everyone's different. I'm not saying that people that liked it are silly. Um, you can like the movie. The movie is the if if it's if Thor: Love and Thunder is your favorite movie, go for it. Which, by the way, we didn't even talk about the at the end when like the whole point of the name Love and Thunder is because Gore's daughter comes back, and now Thor is a dad. Like what? I love you, Uncle Thor. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't understand. no sense. I didn't understand. It didn't make sense. Hear me out. Kevin Feige, you're already ruining the movie industry. Stop pushing for a Thor 5. There didn't need to be a Thor 4. There are other characters in the movie, or like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that could have used a fourth movie before Thor. Don't get me wrong. I love Thor. I I don't know why I'm looking right at my camera talking to you, Pedro. (laughs) But like, it's not like Kevin Feige's listening. But why? And I, why do you set it up for a fifth one with Hercules? How is that going to fit? Well, Hercules, Hercules, well, Wars thing. Well, Hercules, right? Hercules is actually a, a really, um, he's one of he's one of Thor's biggest villains in the comics. Um, yeah, he he's a villain. He's yeah, a no. He's I, a, I get it. It's cool. I thought it was cool. And also, also side sidebar. Seeing Roy Kent as Hercules is my favorite part. Roy Kent is the guy from Ted Lasso. That's who Hercules is, if you didn't know who that was. If you're like me, like, who is this guy? He looks super familiar. Roy Kent is Hercules, which, awesome. But yeah, I don't think, I don't know. It, it's, it's, I don't think Hercules is going to show up in a Thor 5. He might show up in like a, an, Arven- in an Avengers film because he's also been part of the Avengers sometimes. I don't know. Or, or it's going to be one of those other, or it's going to be like those post credit scenes that never go anywhere. That's true. Because, listen, dude, Gora's daughter, I don't understand. I've been trying to look around and try to figure this out. I don't understand who she is, why she's there, and why she's now officially a, like, part of Thor. I guess. So she's a Thor? I don't know. So she's a Thor now because she has, and also, like, the whole, the whole, like, while we're in the subject, the whole like stupid jokes about Mjolnir and, and storm Stormbreaker, like stupid. So, so Pedro, I don't know if you realized, but um, this movie's actually a romantic comedy. It's a chick flick. It's a rom-com. Um, call it whatever you want. Um, and everybody's like, Oh, it's a rom-com for Thor and Jane. No, <laughs> it's, it's a rom-com for the most important relationship in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The most important love triangle. I love Thor and his hammer. Thor, Mjolnir, 
and Stormbreaker. It was so stupid, man. That <laughs> was awesome. I liked that. Are you serious or are you kidding? No, I I, didn't, I I thought it was funny. I thought those those lines were funny. Dude. It's like I, I went in knowing it was a rom-com, but like the I, whole Jane thing was to throw us off. It's a rom-com between Thor and his... Weapons. I, I just, like that. I just it thought funny. it was, I just thought it was so silly. Like, and then at the end, like he gives, he gives Stormbreaker to the girl, and he keeps Mjolnir as if like to prove the fact that he never liked Stormbreaker to begin with. Maybe did you think about this? It's the only weapon she can handle. So the girl, the little girl, can't handle Mjolnir, but she can handle. But she's gonna pick. She that is that implies she's worthy. Is she worthy? I am of the camp that you need to be worthy to hold Stormbreaker too, though. No, you don't. Because she gets the power of Thor as well. She had the powers of Thor. She kind of had powers before Thor. Oh, okay, yeah. So in the yeah. first, in the first Thor. Odinson, or whatever his name is, a dad, he whispered, whoever is worthy can handle, can, yeah. can that's where the whole whoever is worthy became a thing, though, right? Yeah. Because, bef- Mjolnir. because yeah. before, and when they made Stormbreaker, that's never mentioned. Because before, before the first Thor movie, anyone could have grabbed Mjolnir, I'm, I'm assuming, because they didn't have that caveat. Yeah. Got it. Okay, so maybe it is the only one that she can handle. I just thought it was weird. I'm like, eh, I don't know. It was a little weird. It was just random. It's also like, kind of funny. It's, also, it's like small, small child carrying an axe that's like twice her height. Yeah, it's just random to me because like Comedy. she, she kind of like came out of nowhere, and now we're supposed to like this character. And like the timeline of this film too, kind of didn't really make sense to me because it was, it was the was it was the rock guy. What's his name? Gorg. It was Gorg. Gorg. Korg. 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 With a K. It was Korg. Saying the stories about about these things, but like, you never really explained to us a, a timeline either. So I'm kind of I was kind of confused a little bit about the timeline, uh, you know, between the battle with Gore and Gore dying and then him becoming this kid's like guardian, because I don't know. I'm assuming it's Korg telling the events of the movie after the movies happened. Yeah, because I'm just like, yo, if he, my dad just dies, right, and I just get taken yeah. by Uncle Thor, I'm not going to say I love you, Uncle Thor, one day afterwards. So I'm a, that's There's definitely a little time skip there. Yeah, but they didn't, they, I don't know. It just, it could have, it could have been done better, I think, in my opinion. But anyway, <laughs> anyways, I, I don't know. There, I'm just bummed because. Usually, in the back in the, back in the day, Marvel would always be like you know dropping bangers, like good films nonstop. And ever since 2020, after they had no films in 2020, and then 2021, they just started like dropping some some big L's. Like, you mean after Ant Man and the Wasp, all the movies started getting bad? You're no, absolutely right. Pedro. No, after Endgame, movies started getting bad because up to Endgame like I said in the beginning I'm not going to say it again but after That's Endgame implying Endgame was a good movie Pedro Endgame was a good movie you, you, you didn't stop it Aiden, Aiden, Endgame was a good movie um, Zack Snyder's The Blueprint hashtag restore the Snyderverse 
No, we're not restoring the Snyderverse. I'm but kidding. yes, I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But yes, um, the I think up to Endgame. I think because like I said, I'm not gonna say going on, but I, like I said, the up to there they had a pretty solid storyline. But afterwards, it's kind of just like ah, uh, whatever. Let's make these other characters. No, I, I don't know. I, I didn't like it. I understand why people like it though because they just love Marvel, and that's okay. We can all like our own thing. All right, that's fine. Just wasn't a big fan. So, with that being said, Aiden, as usual, out of five, <laughs> what, what what would you give this film? So, Thor: Love and Thunder is a movie so colorful it makes the first two Thor movies look black and white. <laughs> but um, it's really not though because the, there's a lot of black okay. and white f- scenes. No, I'm talking about all the other non-black and white scenes, which those black and white scenes. Give us more black and white, Marvel. That was awesome. That was pretty cool. Bring that back. That was so cool. Oh, my gosh. And then the way some of the... Oh, I'm getting sidetracked. That was one of the best parts of the movie. We didn't talk about that in the review. All the scenes with Gore doing, like, shadow stuff and all the black and white stuff. Awesome. Oh, so you're telling me every every scene um, Christian Bale was in was the best? Huh. Surprised about that. Uh, what? No way. You um, don't say. Anyways, continue. <laughs> Yeah, so Thor Love and Thunder is a film so colorful. It makes Thor and Thor the Dark World look like black and white films. Um, Chris Hemsworth has so much fun playing Thor, and you can kind of tell because that energy like yeah. radiates. Oh, like, for I sure. Felt, like, I love, I love Thor. Yeah, I think so, he's great. That's what, like, But that's one of the main yeah. reasons why I'm, I'm upset because I like Chris Hemsworth yeah. as Thor. I like Thor, but they make Thor the joke of the entire movie. That's one of the reasons why I was upset. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris Hemsworth gives another great performance as Thor, um, and Christian Bale is wasted in this movie, and they've also kind of ruined some Guns N' Roses songs for me, because there are four Guns N' Roses songs from the same album yeah, in this that. movie. Yeah. What the heck? I know. Like, at least Guardians had, like, different songs. Yeah, that's funny. No, it's just like, you want an ABBA song? Which, shout out to the ABBA song. You know who you are. But like Thor guns at four. I keep saying Thor instead of four. And it's ultimately a waste of Christian Bale's amazing talent. Um, Yeah, sure. Even though he was the best part of the movie. And it doesn't really establish anything for the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm Because it just takes us right back to where we've started. Essentially, yeah. The only thing is get rid of Thor so Feige doesn't have to pay millions of dollars to have Hemsworth show up in a 45-minute holiday special coming out in 2022, which is going to be the event of the year. And it's just, it's another movie that confirms um, everything Martin Scorsese said a few years ago. These are just roller coasters. But this is a roller coaster we all should have gotten off of on April 27th, 2019. That's why I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. Fair. So for me, picking back off of you, Chris Hemsworth does an amazing Thor as usual. I have no, I never had a problem with Chris Hemsworth's uh, portrayal of Thor. I think he's fantastic for the role. I think that's like his role, kind of like Dana Radcliffe as Harry Potter and etc. Like that's yeah. his role. Um, I think Natalie Portman did a fantastic job with what she was given. Um, she she bulked up for the role. She was, she was 
good in where in the scenes that she was in. Her fight choreography was good. She had some heartfelt moments. Um, she was good. I liked her. And Christian Bale, there's nothing to say about the man. The man's the greatest of all time. That guy is a legend. Everything he does, I love. There's nothing. He, there's nothing. Anything. There's nothing he does that I don't like. Love Christian Bale as an actor. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Probably one of my favorite actors of all time. Um, with that being said, extremely upsetting that they they did my boy Christian Bale dirty like that. Um, you build up this character that has good a good backstory just to kill him at the end, and it just wasn't good. It reminded me. It reminded me of Birds of Prey and Ian McGregor. You know, you create Black Mask. You have a fantastic villain in that. And he just randomly dies. Like, that's what it felt like to me. And it was really upsetting because I was really hoping to see more gore. Um, the, the God Butcher, uh, unless he comes back, which I don't think he will. And if he does, that's just Marvel saying, oh, I guess we did mess up. Let's go back and rephrase that. You know, like that's what they're going to do. Oh, there are no stakes in our movies. Guys. Right. Um, like you said, there was no... This movie didn't need to be there. It wasn't a bridge to anything. It wasn't anything spectacular. Uh, if you go into it with your brain shut off, yeah, it'll be a fun ride. But if you go with it with a critical mind and not just you no know, drinking the Marvel Kool-Aid, you will see a lot of problems with it. And because of all that, this movie to me is a two. If it was, If Christian Bale was not in this film, it would probably be a one because he, like you said in the beginning, the boys in the hospital right now from carrying this film, there's no way like he carried his film in his back with no regard for human life. And he looked just like Voldemort. Like we got to talk about it for a little bit. He looked like Voldemort, even though Taika Waititi said he, he changed his appearance to look less like Voldemort. Cause in the comics he has no nose. But I'm like, bud, yeah. just because he doesn't have a nose doesn't mean he doesn't look like Voldemort. He looked just like Voldemort. Uh, in one of the scenes, I literally looked at him and says, Harry Potter, the boy who lived, come to die. Looked just like him. But it's fine. Like It's, the, it's who the character is. And he did. He looked he look great. Uh, yeah. He was scary. There were a couple of scenes that, like, I don't get j- jumpy easily, but I know people would. And, like, there was a couple of scenes that he, like, you know, did those quick horror, like, like, he yeah. starts in the back and like two seconds later he's in the front. Yeah, creepy. It was creepy. It was good. Yeah, um, yeah I just I can't talk much about Christian Bale. Luke. That guy, oh, he's so good. Um, yeah. Let's see Paul Allen's Stormbreaker. Yeah, so two, a two out of five for me. Uh, you got you gave it a three. Um, let's just put it this way: Rotten Tomatoes was not wrong with this one. Um, I, I don't think it's a sixty bad. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I really think it's funny. So I, I watch IGN's reviews and it's just their review for this movie. It was just like, oh, there's this problem, this problem. This movie's not that good. It's an IGN, seven out of ten. Like why like if you go through Rotten Tomatoes and read some of the critical reviews, there are like two out of five star reviews. Two or three. Yeah, like because it's not that not good, very good reviews. It's not good. But they still classify it as fresh. So I think the Marvel bias is slowly starting to die out a little bit. Two out of five for me. Um, Aiden, you said three out of five. Three I mean, out of five. It's not a very high score, right? So 
It was three and a half when I walked out, but the more I think about it, it's probably a three. Yeah, yeah. That's probably where I'm landing. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna change my I'm not changing my score, man. Like that's what it is. And if people are gonna say, Oh, but you gave you gave Batman a five. No, I didn't, I gave it a four point five. Because it was thirty minutes too long. Still loved it though. That's just me though. But yeah, that I'm was you, man, this Marvel Deep State, they're putting all those good reviews on the T V shows. Just watch. You know I'm right. And also I keep I keep joking about the Martin Scorsese comments, but I, I'm genuinely starting to think that he's right. Um, I think he is right. It's like all all these people are just, they're fed all these, like, they're not even movies anymore. Like, it's not even movies as an art form. They're just products. That's what I'm saying. It's content. Yes. Content. That's what I'm saying. So everybody's like, like the movie theaters are not to go experience something. It's just to watch the next content to set up the next content. That's right. why that's why I was a big fan and supporter of the Batman because that film can realistically get an Oscar. As much as I love the Batman, there are other movies that should be doing a lot better. Like go see movies like Everything Everywhere All at Once. Go see The Northman, which should not have bombed because it was an incredible movie. All these big movies are coming out and barely anybody's going to see them. Everything Everywhere All at Once is an exception because it's broken multiple records and it's a much better multiverse movie than Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. But everybody is going to see these Marvel movies because they're being conditioned... Condition's not the right word. That sounds like there's some overarching plan. But like they're being conditioned to just believe, like, okay, that's what we go to the movies for. We go to see the next Marvel movie. Go see a movie like Elvis. Go see... The Batman, not because it's a DC movie, but because it's actually a great movie. Just go see something different than a Marvel movie or Jurassic World or Star Wars Episode Eight. you know, like go, go see something good. Go put yourself out of your comfort zone. Go see something you wouldn't normally see. I'm just saying you guys are killing the movie theater industry. <laughs> Because nobody's going to see movies except for these big event movies. Well, I guess we are all killing it because you spent an hour talking about it. Aiden. Anyways, <laughs> after Aiden got off his high horse, you, Martin, Scorsese. after Aiden got off his high horse right there, that's going to wrap up another episode of Comic Misfits, y'all. If you stuck around and heard Aiden's little rant, let us know cause if you agree with it or not. I don't know. I guess he's right. But I'm still gonna watch my Batman film. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll be back some uh, sometime later this month to do our our, our our comic book review, which this month it's gonna be the Umbrella Academy book one. So hey, if you haven't read that, um, but only seen this, the movie, the the TV show, highly suggest you go read the book. It's really much a lot different than the show. Uh, Aiden says it's good. I haven't started it yet, so I'll start it this week, and we'll talk about it. And yeah, Aiden, any final words for the, for the for the fans? You got uh, 30 seconds. Um, this has been another episode of Comic Misfits, <laughs> Love and Thunder. I'm your host, Thunder. <laughs> and I'm love, I guess. <laughs> All right, y'all. It's love and know, thunder. You said 30 seconds. I can't improv like that. Uh, it's love and thunder, y'all. Um, hope you guys had a good time listening to it as much as we had a, a good time talking about it. To all the Marvel stands out there, sorry that we we know butchered it like Gordon, but hey, anyways, have a great rest of your day, 
and we will see you later on as we uh, continue our comic book reviews. But for now, I am Love. I'm Thunder. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye now.